Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 2, Episode 15. Tegan, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, I know we're getting to the last few episodes of The Bad Batch. I think there's, what, two or three left at the time of recording, so got to get a little on Star Wars content again. Season's been pretty good. Uh, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Love love seeing the kind of lore of that time period. I don't think there's a ton out there, so it's cool to see that at least. Uh, definitely help. For those out there maybe running a campaign in that uh, time period, get some inspiration. Definitely. It's not been my overall favorite, but I love it. Just the time period stuff, especially getting to see the Empire kind of getting formed. Uh, that was definitely one of my favorite aspects. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, on today's episode, we are going to pick up with our discussion on uh, fighting styles and masteries. Uh, we did uh, half of those a couple episodes ago, and we're going to wrap that up today. Uh, go over the last uh, 12 on each side of those. So again, uh, just talk about the benefits of those styles and masteries, and then uh, maybe some suggestions of uh, you know who they really work well for. First, uh, however, on our end, uh, some announcements. Uh, of course, uh, check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for links to all of our content, this podcast, YouTube channel, Twitch channel for our live plays, uh, Instagram, if you want to see some cool, uh, simple roll tables, uh, NPCs, items, custom things that we put out there on Instagram. And then, of course, uh, our Patreon. Uh, Patreon goes to support this uh, podcast and help us create all of our content that we put out. And, uh, of course, a huge thank you to all of our Patreons and supporters out there. Uh, we do have one new Tier 2 member, Nick. Thank you very much uh, for your support. Uh, Nick pointed out, and a few others had pointed this out as well, the uh, a recent uh, encounter, the Crimson fighting style uh, encounter. I had a little copy-paste error as it happens uh, with the brawler style. Um, so there is an update to that. It was simply just removing that from that encounter uh, for anyone that's already looked at that. So if you want to grab the updated one, the file should be updated on Patreon. Or, as a few others had pointed out, a fun way to utilize that with the Brawler does have that improvised weapon attack, and you could utilize that sharpshooter uh, aspect. Could be some fun stuff there. Additionally, with Patreon, uh, at the time of this episode, we also have our next Patreon adventure uh, episode is out. Uh, this one is Lockdown on Mern Station. So throw this somewhere in uh, while your, your party is traveling. They need to stop. Uh, maybe get some fuel or uh, throw a hook at them that they're going to pick up uh, some cargo for a supply run. And uh, once aboard the uh, station, as the title says, lockdown happens and they'll have to uh, work their way out of that situation. So for Tier 2 members, that will be live today. Tier 3 has already seen a preview of that. Let us know what you think. And we're almost getting there to the end of our, our uh, you know long adventure. It'll be pretty good to see happen. Definitely. And if you guys are running that campaign, uh, jump in the Discord and just let us know how it's going. We always like to see how it's actually playing at the table for you and your players. Yeah, it's been a fun one to put together and, and kind of link everything together as well. So looking forward to that uh, finale. 
from there, we can switch over to a couple new Star Wars 5e content pieces. Uh, we have a species and a new archetype. Uh, the species is the Tognath. Uh, those you would recognize from Rogue One. Uh, and then after that, they've uh, seems they've made some appearances in, in many other, I think a lot of comics and whatnot in the Star Wars uh, universe. So uh, this one created by Heresy, uh, the Tognath, uh, they are a sentient species from Yar Tagna. Uh, they have uh, one of their recognizable traits would be a, a breathing mask uh, apparatus because of their uh, native planet's uh, bad atmosphere. So then they just utilize that anywhere they go. This is a pretty interesting uh, species block here. For their ability scores, they actually have one point to three different uh, stats, and they're all the physical traits, strength, dexterity, and constitution. So certainly some uh, certain type of builds that would work well with the Tognath. A couple other features here, they have a thick exoskeleton. Uh, so while unarmed or light armor, your AC is 13 plus dex. So a nice boost uh, right off the bat with that. There, uh, as I mentioned, the mask, the breathing apparatus, uh, if you ever lose that, uh, then you will go on uh, lose consciousness. So that's something to keep in mind. But in addition to that uh, hardiness that uh, comes with the species, they can survive for one hour within the vacuum of space and have resistance to necrotic damage. So definitely valuable there as you travel about in the galaxy. Uh, next, uh, you have primitive nerves. And uh, again, with their uh, just their physical build, they are immune to most pain and uh, shrug off major injuries. So when you take damage, you can use your reaction to roll a d12, add constitution modifier, and reduce damage by that total. Uh, this is a short or long rest feature, so once per either, but that's a pretty pretty solid uh, species trait. And then uh, lastly, the vocalizer, the, the breathing apparatus also uh, relies on that vocalizer to talk. If you don't ever have that, uh, the vocalizer removed, then your voice is very quiet and difficult to understand. So a little more of an RP piece, but definitely something to keep in mind. Another cool uh, species to be added to the ever-growing list. Tegan, over to you. We have the companion-less version of the Path of Witchcraft for the Sentinel. Definitely. So as you guys are on the server, even just listen to the podcast, you know, they uh, wanted to come out with versions for each of the classes that come with the companion. So kind of your own Build-A-Bear companion. They want to have a companionless version just in case your DM or the campaign just doesn't support that. Uh, so this is the Path of Witchcraft one. So it's for the Sentinels. Uh, this is actually a pretty cool one. I, I played the companion version of this one in a, a play-by-post. It was a lot of fun. And this one retains a lot of the cool stuff with it. Um, so the same parts that are similar still, so you still get wild power, which allows you to um, use enfeebled force as your sentinel kind of calling power. Uh, so that'll allow you to use that with uh, your, what's it called, empowered self options. So you can double hit, you can use it to get some extra AC, some extra speed, just gives you some fun options there. Uh, and with enfeebled, if you're not familiar with the spell, it's pretty much Toll the Dead from regular 5e. So if you're doing somebody that's uh, already been hit, it's a uh, 1d8. If they haven't been hit, or sorry, if they've already been hit, it's 1d12. If they haven't been hit, it's 1d8. So strong cantrip or strong at willpower, uh, especially with some of your force and hit powered self stuff that can go along with it. 
uh, as well as you get to add your uh, casting stat to the damage. So it's a, it's a pretty stacked spell there. So you could do some fun things with it. So it's kind of a great way to start the class off already. Uh, but with the companionless version, you get a cool feature. So if you're familiar with the Echo Knight, uh, you pretty much get uh, the Echo from that uh, with the Ikor Conjuring. Uh, basically what it's going to allow you to do. It's a little bit different way to summon it, though. Uh, would you deal necrotic damage on your turn? Uh, you can summon uh, a familiar. And this familiar can be uh, like a, a, a humanoid figure or beast or green or glowing smoke, whatever you want to do. So kind of whatever would fit into that five-foot square. Uh, it basically has a lot of things similar to the Echo. Uh, they has an AC equal to your universal force save DC, one hit point, immunity to all conditions, uh, and it uses your saving throws. If it takes damage, it gets destroyed, and it has to be contained within 30 feet of you. Uh, but the cool thing, especially with the Sentinel, gives some cool options with it, too is as a bonus action, you can use uh, your powers to swap place with the familiar. Uh, so if they're 30 feet away from you, it just costs 15 feet of movement. You can move to their place and they'll move to yours. Uh, when you take the attack action, you can make it originate from yourself or the, the echo, uh, or when you uh, take your reactions on that attack of opportunity, uh, you can make it come from uh, your space or the echoes as well. So if something run past your echo, you can use that, or familiar, I should be saying, uh, you can use uh, your reaction to make an attack with opportunity from it. So some pretty cool things, especially mixing this with the Sentinel, which is a two-thirds caster class. There's some, there's some fun you can have with this one. So take a look at it. It was a cool class before, but this one, uh, even without the companion, will stand pretty strong on its own. Very nice. Sentinel is a fun class in the game, so uh, check that one out if you haven't yet. With that, uh, I think that brings us over to today's episode proper. Uh, so as mentioned at the top, we're going to finish our discussion on fighting styles and masteries here. We have 12 more uh, to go through. Uh, first, a quick little uh, correction that was pointed out, uh, probably just my own misinterpretation, but you do not need the style to get the mastery. So you, they, they complement each other, but it is not required. You could go right to, right to the, the mastery if you wanted, but they're just two different things that uh, you can uh, complement each other. So Tegan, let's get right into it. Uh, as we did last time, we'll go through each one, uh, not give every single uh, little bullet point of, of what they do, but, but definitely point out the, the main features of each, both the style and mastery on each of these, and then also some suggestions on you know what builds might really mostly benefit from this. Uh, getting right into it is the uh, great weapon style. So this is, as it says, uh, is going to be for any weapons with that two-handed property that you are proficient with, you'll gain some benefits. Uh, Tegan, tell us about that. Definitely. So the great weapon style and mastery uh, can be great for a barbarian or a berserker or any two, two-handed class that really wants to maximize their damage. The style uh, is pretty good. Uh, style is not my favorite, but it gives some cool things. Um, one of the nice things, especially if you're uh, kind of rolling like a high dice uh, weapon, damage weapon. So most of those two-handed ones are, it's going to allow you to re-roll a one or two on the weapon damage dice. Uh, so that can give you some good opportunities to make sure you're getting the most out of your hits. Uh, the other thing it does too uh, is it allows you to, uh, so uh, when you're grasping a two-handed weapon that you're wielding, uh, you can kind of do it without, so you 
if you're wielding it in one hand, but they need to go back to two, you can do so without it taking your object interaction, uh, which is one of the changes from regular 5e to Star Wars 5e, that if you do uh, grab it again or let go and then grab it again, uh, grabbing your weapon again with both hands costs an object interaction. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. I know some it's one of those ones that can kind of get lost in the minutiae there. Uh, but if you do do that and like, uh, the DM does kind of follow those rules exactly, this is going to free you up and make sure that you can just do it for free without having to worry about using your object interaction. Uh, the mastery, though, is where it gets cool. The mastery is really one of those ones like berserkers, especially with reckless attack uh, or any or, uh, even like fighters. If you want to take a precision attack as one of your maneuvers, this is the way to really just go through and pile on some damage. Uh, couple big things. Uh, first one with this uh, is you're able to, before you make an attack, you can decide to forego your proficiency bonus. Uh, so this is pretty similar to vanilla, or actually somewhat different to vanilla. Uh, so with D&D regular, you just take a minus five and you get to add 10. With this one, you minus your proficiency bonus and you get to add double your proficiency bonus. Uh, so kind of a good gamble there, uh, especially if you've got some way to make sure you have advantage or just make sure you can't miss. This can be a good way to pile on some extra damage. Uh, the other cool thing with this one actually gives you a little bit more too. Uh, on your turn, when you score a critical hit or reduce a creature to zero hit points with a melee attack, you can use your bonus action to make another attack. So great way to make sure you're using all your actions uh, that you can to just get that damage out. Uh, along with that too, if you miss a melee attack, you can use your bonus action to repeat the same attack against the target. Uh, so if you had advantage or disadvantage or whatever it was, so basically it's going to have that same same configuration as an attack before, uh, and you can just kind of get a second chance on that and really make sure you're able to get that damage in. Uh, this one is any martial class that's using a two-handed weapon, it's going to go great for, but Berserkers, this is definitely one of those ones I would strongly consider taking a look at at least, because uh, you can get a lot of mileage for it. And especially with the bonus action features, usually outside of going into a rage, you don't have too much going for those. So this can kind of help round out your action economy a bit too. Very nice. Yeah, uh, definitely a good one for those that you know want to utilize those weapon styles or those weapons and really uh hit hard with it so uh, next up is the gorilla style this one is going to be for those that really want some enhanced maneuverability across the battlefield uh this uh, both of these the style and mastery have some really cool benefits uh tegan tell us about those and who uh can really utilize this uh these two Definitely. So this is really cool for uh, both uh, monks uh, as well as rogues, because you can really just get a lot out of it. Uh, so basically, it's going to, uh, for the style, you're going to be able to take the dis disengage action as a bonus action. Uh, if you're a rogue or monk, uh, you can disengage as a reaction on your turn. Uh, so just kind of lets you get away from uh, some damage, uh, especially if you wanted to do a big turn where you want to make sure you still had your action and bonus action. You can use that reaction to disengage and kind of make sure you can position yourself just perfect. Uh, also, uh, when you take the disengage action, uh, you ignore enhanced terrain, uh, or sorry, unenhanced difficult terrain, uh, and you have uh, advantage on the first ability check to uh, avoid an effect that impairs your movement uh, that occurs before the, the start of your next turn. Uh, so if you're somewhere like a Tantooine or Hoth, or you're maybe trudging through some sand or snow, uh, this can be a good way to get that disengage and make sure you're still moving uh, your full speed. Uh, so that's just the style, but uh, so the mastery is always get a little bit of a, a bump 
too. Uh, these ones actually synergize pretty well together too, if you take both the style and the mastery. Uh, so another big feature you get with this one is you can move through a hostile's creature space, regardless of the creature's size. Uh, so if somebody ever blocked your way, like they're just trying to get through a control room and you've got a stormtrooper right in front of you, uh, you don't want to spend the time to take to take him down, you can just walk right through them. Uh, so cool feature there, uh, this really allows you to get a little bit more maneuverability around the area. Uh, another piece too with this one is when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, you can move up to half your speed, no action required, without provoking opportunity attacks from that creature. Uh, so this is another good one, especially uh, if you've got uh, some something on your build that allows you to get some frequent opportunity attacks. This would be great for repositioning yourself and just make sure that you can kind of stay around the battlefield where you need to be. Also, uh, a couple big ones with this one too. Uh, when a hostile creature moves to within five feet of you, uh, you can use your reaction to disengage and move up to half your speed. Uh, and if you could already use disengage to, uh, your reaction to disengage, uh, you can you, you instead move up to your full speed. Uh, so that one's kind of sweet there. Uh, that's going to give you some real uh, mobility on that one, especially if you have like a monk or something with a little bit of extra speed, you can make it so people can't get in range with you. Uh, and just really, especially if you have the style and the mastery, you can just make sure you can't get hit. Uh, the other piece, a uh, cool thing with this one is uh, once per turn when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, uh, and another enemy of that creature is within five feet of you. So uh, one of your allies, it doesn't have to be a real ally, it's be somebody that does not like that creature as well. Uh, you can deal an additional damage equal to twice your proficiency bonus. Uh, so it's kind of a cool way to add some extra damage on there. Uh, and especially with you being able to move so quickly uh, and disengage through things, you'll be able to really position yourself to make the most of it too. Very nice. Uh, lots of good stuff there. Moving on, uh, next we have the gunning style. Uh, so this is going to be utilizing blasters in uh, unique ways. Uh, blasters, range attacks are obviously already a big part of Star Wars 5e in general. So uh, while wielding a blaster you're proficient with, uh, you gain some additional benefits with this style and mastery. Uh, Tegan, tell us about gunning style and mastery. Perfect. So, yeah, this is going to be great, especially if you've got a build where you want to use like uh, those features like burst or rapid often. Uh, this can be a good way just to pile on some damage or make it a little harder for them to save. Uh, so for the style, uh, this is uh, great for getting some damage on. Uh, so if you, because with uh, the burst and rapid, that requires a saving throw versus you making an attack roll. So if you come up against somebody with heavy armor, great way to bypass that. Uh, but the nice thing is uh, with the style, if they roll a one on that saving throw, uh, you're going to treat that a damage as if you rolled the maximum. Uh, so good way for making them roll. Hopefully you can get some strong damage off on it and just really kind of mess them up there. Uh, so that's with burst and rapid. Uh, when you use the burst property, you also get, uh, you can instead spray a 20 foot, uh, 20 foot long and five foot wide uh, within the range of the shot. So you can kind of change up how you're shooting that to kind of make it a little different. Hopefully hit some more people in there too. Uh, and then when you're using the rapid, uh, you can, when you roll the weapons damage twice, you can double one set of the weapons damage dice uh, and forego the other instead of adding them together. Uh, so if you had one good roll on that, you can just double that up uh, versus having to add them together. Uh, so cool things on the gunning style just really gives some good way to flesh out the damage or give you some more options uh, while using the, the burst and rapid. Uh, with the gunning mastery, so this is going to be kind of add some extra features onto it there as well. Uh, 
so this one, one of the cool features, even if a creature secedes uh, against your saving throw for the burst or rapid property, they're still going to take uh, your ability modifier damage. So uh, you're probably your dexterity, or if you have some build that'll use strength for it, uh, they'll take that modifier damage. Uh, usually when they fail the burst or, or they secede the burst or rapid check, they take no damage at all. So this is a good way just to make sure you're still getting some damage in if they have a, a good success roll and you uh, they beat the, the saving throw. Uh, also with this one, uh, when you use the burst weapon property, uh, you can forego your proficiency bonus to the save DC. Uh, and if you do this, uh, each creature that fails takes additional damage equal to your proficiency bonus. So another good way to add some more damage on there, uh, makes it a little bit more risky, gives them some more opportunities to save, but you can actually just pump up that damage. Uh, also for the rapid feature, when you you can choose to for you go for proficiency bonus to the save DC, uh, and if the the target does fail the save, they can take additional damage equal to twice your proficiency bonus. So kind of similar to great weapon mastery, there you get to kind of just double up and add a little bit more damage at a riskier save. Uh, the other cool piece with this one, especially because a lot of these are going to be dex builds using these type of weapons, uh, is it's going to allow you to treat the strength number for the weapon is one step lower uh going down to 11 uh and if it's below 11 you ignore it entirely so this is going to be good because a lot of those heavy weapons that have good burst or good rapid features are usually going to have like a decent strength rating that's required for you to use them properly so this could be a good way to avoid that yeah lots of good stuff in that one uh as i mentioned you know blasters are going to be all over your campaign most likely so one to keep in mind for those uh sporting the blasters Next up is the Mounted Fighting Style and Mastery, and as that suggests, this is for those that are fighting on mounts. Mounts probably, you know, I haven't seen that used a lot, Tegan, uh, but I'm sure there are a lot of campaigns out there that'll uh, bring that into play, and if it does, um, and, and of course mounts uh, are for vehicle or beast, uh, so another uh, plug for team to work on those vehicle rules that are long promised. But yeah, so Tegan, tell us about, uh, you know, mounted mastery and uh, the fighting style and uh, who can utilize that? Definitely. So uh, this is going to be working best for a lot of the companion classes, because uh, a lot of those ones are going to allow you to build up your own companion, like a kind of path of the or the Path of Witchcraft is a great one, the regular version of Path of Witchcraft. Uh, this is going to be a style that can allow you to work better. You can build your own mount and you can kind of work a little bit better working with that mount. Uh, so if you are building a companion class, you get to make it like a, either a, a beast or even a droid sometimes. Uh, check those out. Uh, see if you can make them big enough to, to be on a ride and just be at least a large size. Uh, and then you could use these styles and masteries to help support that. Or else you can kind of see if uh, your DM will be cool and throw you some uh, either different beasts Easter, uh, you can buy or just different speeders you can ride uh, during some of your battles. Uh, but outside of that, uh, within the style itself, uh, it's going to allow you to uh, mount a vehicle or beast using only five feet of your movement as long as you can reach it. Typically, to, uh, to both mount and dismount, uh, you have to use half your movement speed. Uh, so that's going to allow you to save some there. Uh, also, you can force an attack targeted at your mount to hit you instead. Uh, as long as you're a valid target for that attack. So if somebody's trying to shoot them out, you can kind of duck in front of it uh, to take the blow. Uh, and especially if you're not doing a companion version of a mount, uh, this is a great way to keep your mount alive because they don't have the, the most HP usually. So you'll, you'll probably want to take a lot of those hits just to uh, make sure your tauntaun doesn't get taken out too quickly. Uh, 
Mounted Mastery. Uh, so this one gives some pretty cool things to do with it as well. Um, so once per turn, uh, you can choose to have advantage on a melee weapon attack uh, against an unmounted creature that is smaller than your mount. So if you get a large mount, that could be a lot of people that you're fighting. Uh, if the attack hits, you deal additional damage equal to your proficiency bonus. So great way to make sure you're going to hit attack for sure. You just get that advantage and get a little extra damage on top of it. Uh, nice thing too with this one uh, is it gives you, if your mount is subjected to an effect that makes it roll a dexterity save, uh, you can use your mount's reaction, or sorry, use your reaction uh, to instead have it take no damage if it seeds the throw uh, and only half damage if it fails. Uh, as the mount can be squishy a lot of times, you don't want an explosion just taking it out. Uh, this way is going to, you cost reaction, but hopefully save it enough damage to keep it going. Uh, and then, uh, so these ones are going to be segmented out by vehicle and beast. Uh, first one, those while mounted on a vehicle, uh, you can use your bonus action instead of an action uh, to use one of the vehicle's attack actions available to you. So if you're uh, on a speeder and it's got some uh, blasters triggered on it, uh, you can blast right into it. Uh, so this could be a good way if you wanted to use your reaction to dodge or dash uh, to still make sure you're getting some damage off that turn. Uh, and while mounted on a controlled beast, uh, you can use your bonus action uh, to have your mount make it a single attack against a creature within its range. Uh, so both of these ones are good ones just to really use your action economy, especially if you've got a companion class or you've got, a, got something you want to use there, you can really just use them to a great effect and make sure they're getting as much damage in as they can. All right. Uh, yeah. So anyone with uh, with some mounts in your game, that's one to check out. Uh, next up on the list, keep moving here, is the Onslaught Style and Mastery. Tegan, tell us about uh, this style and mastery and who utilizes that. Oh, so this is another good one. This could be good for anybody. Uh, berserkers, fighters, anybody that's going to be a melee class, or even people that want to get out of melee. Uh, so uh it just allows you to use your dash action as a bonus action. Uh, cool thing for rogues and monks, though, uh, if you could already take the dash as a bonus action, it allows you to use it as a reaction, so you can just really just tear across the battlefield whenever you need to. Um, also allows you to, uh, if you want to attempt to trip a creature, uh, instead of doing contested athletics, uh, you make an attack roll against the target's AC. Uh, and if you hit their AC, you knock them down. Uh, and if you have a weapon in two hands, or so a two-handed weapon, you can do it uh, with advantage. So pretty cool there if you want to trip people or kind of run around the battlefield. Uh, also with the mastery, you get some cool things with that too. Uh, this one, if a creature falls prone uh, within five feet of you, they provoke an attack of opportunity. So cool synergy between that and the style. So you can knock them prone uh, and then take an attack of opportunity once they hit the ground. So kind of a fun way to do that just to make sure you're getting the most out of it. Uh, also, uh, if you have an advantage on a melee attack roll due to a creature being prone, you get to re-roll one of the dice once if you need to. Good way to crit fish or just make sure you hit that attack. Also, if uh, a creature uh, within five feet of you is, attempts to stand from prone, uh, they provoke an attack of opportunity from you so you can just keep wailing on them. Uh, and then uh, also once on each of your turns, if you move at least 10 feet in a straight line towards a creature uh, before heading with a melee attack, uh, you can deal additional damage equal to your proficiency bonus. So a good way to get some extra damage in. Uh, great for anybody, but yeah, Berserkers, uh, Monks even, uh, just anybody in class you're going to be getting up close uh, can use this really well just to make sure you're moving quickly and doing some good damage. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Good one there. Uh, next is uh, Sentinel. I'd say this one would uh, be a favorite out there. Uh, great for any builds that uh, are using a light or vibro weapon uh, with which you are proficient and uh, gain some good benefits here. Uh, Tegan, tell us about Sentinel style and mastery. So Sentinel is a cool one. This one, uh, yeah, really any melee class that's going to be up close and wants to protect the, the engineers and the counselors, the back lines, uh, this is going to be a good way to do so. Uh, if you do take this class, biggest recommendation, get a reach weapon. Uh, so you can just kind of command as much of the battlefield as you can. Uh, with a style, though, uh, what that's going to allow you to do is any creature that moves uh uh, moves to within or without of your reach, uh, you can make an attack of opportunity on them. Cool thing with it too is if they're, this is a little bit different than regular 5e, and it's a kind of a reasonable change to, I think, um, when you hit the creature, uh, they gain four slowed levels, so they can't move at all. Uh, but one caveat, it has to be no more than one size larger uh, than you to completely slow them down. So you wouldn't be able to do it with like a, a gargantuan creature, which you can with Beast 5e. Uh, but kind of makes it more reasonable that the little fighter can just stop a whole, uh, a whole dragon in his path. But still really good for battlefield control, especially with Star Wars 5e, where you're mostly going to be fighting more humanoid uh, type enemies anyway. Uh, and that's just the style uh, when you go to the mastery, uh, you can hit creatures even when they take the disengage action. So there's no way they're going to be able to get out of your reach or uh, without getting hit by, uh, by your attacks. Uh, you can also use your bonus action to go into a defensive stance until the end of your or start of your next turn. Uh, when you can do that, you have a, a number of special reactions equal to your proficiency bonus. They can only use to make opportunity attacks. Uh, you can only do one reaction per turn. Uh, but this stance can be great if you're trying to hold a hallway. You've got that reach weapon. Go into the stance and start wailing on people and kind of lock them down next to you. Uh, also, uh, if you take a dodge action once per round, uh, you can take two act two reactions on the same turn instead of only one. Uh, so if you've got somebody that you know is going to try to get past you, uh, you could take that dodge action and just kind of lock them down and start smacking on them each time they try to move. Very nice. Another good addition uh, to any build style, as you mentioned. Uh, switching over from that kind of melee-based fighting style, uh, we go to the sharpshooter style. And this one obviously is going to be range-based, uh, skilled with blaster weapons. Going to give you lots of good benefits uh, utilizing those, especially uh, at some range as well. Tell us about that, Tegan. If you're going with a sniper or try to fight at range, sharpshooter style and uh, mastery are kind of the way to go for it. Um, cool thing with this is it can give you more attacks, even with the style. Um, with the style, you can use your bonus action to mark any target that is 30 feet or greater from you. So they can't have to be at least a distance away. Uh, and if you mark them, if that creature moves uh, at least five feet before the start of your next turn, you get to make an opportunity attack against them. Uh, especially with a sniper rifle, you can just start wailing on people, get some good damage on there. Uh, if you do pick that up, recommend getting the power belt or something that allows you to reload for free. Uh, that way you can just kind of keep hitting without having to worry about sacrificing an action to reload. So definitely a cool one there. Um, also with Star Wars 5e, it's gonna allow you to ignore uh, one quarter and half cover uh, against targets that are 30 feet or greater from you. Uh, so there should be some cover, hopefully in some of those fights. This could be a good way just to uh, kind of completely ignore that and still pick people off uh, as you start shooting. Um, similar to great weapon mastery, um, this is going to allow you to grasp a two-handed weapon you're wielding in one hand, um, 
just uh, for free without requiring an object interaction. So uh, if you had to like drop a hold of your sniper rifle to throw a grenade or do whatever you had to do, you can grab a hold of it without using your object interaction. Uh, that's just the style. Uh, the mastery is really cool too. Uh, Fun one with this is the mastery uh, at attacking at long range doesn't impose disadvantage on your ranged weapon attack rolls. Uh, so that's great for the sniper rifle. Uh, I think I mentioned scouts are a great class to go with this for. Uh, and if you go scout, go dead eye if you just want to be like sharp shooting from across the map. Because uh, with that, you with dead eye, you can double your distance. And with uh, sharpshooter, you don't have any disadvantage at long range. So you can just shoot from hundreds of feet away. Uh, your DM get annoyed but you can have fun with this once or twice uh other outside of that uh you also get to ignore uh, uh weapon attacks against uh one quarter half cover so that gives that to you as well but if you already get to do so uh you can now also ignore three quarters cover so a good one to stack those up and just really make sure that cover doesn't matter to you uh also, uh, this gives you kind of a similar sharpshooter to, from traditional 5e. Uh, if you want to uh, make a blaster attack against a target that is 30 feet or greater from you, you can choose to forego your proficiency bonus and double it up on a hit. Uh, so if you've got a, a good way to hit or uh, you're confident in the shot, this can be a good way to add some extra damage. Next is the uh, going to go back into a you know close ranged. Uh maybe frontline builds, uh, the shield style and mastery. Uh, those that utilize a shield to defend your allies and yourself uh, get some pretty good bonuses here uh, with these. Uh, Tegan, tell us about the shield style. Definitely. So this could be great for, uh, so like a good fight. This is great for fighters. Uh, Guardians too, actually. Uh, this is going to be one that you want to be real tanky. You want to get as much out of your uh, armor as you can. Uh, this is going to be, so if you pick this style or mastery, get a heavy shield. Uh, nice thing with that too is if you pick up a heavy shield, typically you have to wield a, a weapon with a light property. The style is going to eliminate that for you so you can still wield a regular weapon even with that heavy shield. Nice thing too is you can use your bonus action to shove or trip a creature within five feet of you with your shield. Um, nice thing is right versus regular 5e doesn't have that same language. You don't have to use an attack action on that turn to use that. You can just use your bonus action, get that going. So I know 5e regular one has a little bit of a weird interaction where you have to make your attack technically first. This one, you don't have to worry about that. Just kind of written clearly so you can just go bonus action trip and then wail on them with advantage with your attack. Uh, also, uh, if you uh, wanted to use your shield as an improvised weapon, you're considered proficient with it too. So it'd be a good way if you want to just bash somebody with your shield, uh, you don't have to worry about sacrificing that proficiency. Uh, and that's just the style. So you get some cool things with that. Um, with the mastery, one of the best things with it, because usually these are going to be strength builds, uh, you're going to be able to add your shield's AC bonus to any dexterity saving throw that you make. Uh, so with a heavy shield, you're getting at least plus three, if not uh, enhanced by uh, some, if you get some enhanced shields, but that's going to be a plus three to your dex throw, which is usually probably going to be a, a throw that's not the greatest for you. Uh, also, uh, when uh, you a creature you see damages you, you can use reaction to reduce the damage uh, by amount equal to your proficiency bonus. So kind of a good way there just to help uh, kind of steadily chip off some damage uh, that's coming in for you. Uh, and my favorite piece of this one is if you're forced to make a dexterity throw, uh, you uh, 
to take only half damage, you could use your reaction uh, to uh, succeed and take no damage uh, and fail and take half damage. So uh, just a cool one there, especially because the dexterity throws probably could be your best. This will help you reduce that damage and keep you taken in there a little bit longer. Very nice. Uh, moving on, we've got four more here to wrap up. As we said, a lot of a lot of times you're going to see a lot of ranged uh, builds in Star Wars 5e, but there will be situations when you're up close and personal. And this next one, the snapshot style and mastery will help you out in those situations. Tell us about that one, Tegan. Definitely. So snapshot's cool, especially if you want to be kind of in the mix, uh, like a, a fighter or rogue or, uh, or sort of operative, uh, whoever wants to be kind of up close, it's going to remove your disadvantage from uh, attacking a creature with a ranged attack weapon within five feet of you. So you can kind of shoot right up close. So uh, I've seen a lot of people build like with a lightsaber and blaster and that way they can kind of still fight up close. Uh, so that's a fun one there. Uh, you also ignore one quarter and half cover with against targets within 30 feet of you. So kind of opposite of sharpshooter there, uh, but it'll help on ignoring that cover. Um, also with this one too, if you roll a one on a blaster damage against a creature within 30 feet of you, you can uh, re-roll uh, that die and hopefully get a little bit better on it. Uh, and then you get that same grasping rule too. So if you grasp a two-handed weapon, it doesn't longer take your object interaction. So cool things in the style. Uh, the mastery is pretty fun. Um, this one gives you a lot of things you can do. Uh, when you attack a, use an attack a action against a creature within 30 feet of you, you can choose to attack rapidly against, um, without uh, kind of sacrificing accuracy. Uh, so you can uh, make a weapon attack without proficiency, uh, but the nice thing is you can use your bonus action to make another attack. So kind of gives you full range of bonus actions, so hopefully gives you some more chances to hit. Uh, same thing with sharpshooter, you get to add some more cover options. So uh, if you already had the one quarters and the half cover, you can now do three quarters cover. Uh, and then the big thing with this one too uh, is creatures provoke an opportunity attack against you uh, or from you when they move within 30 feet of you. Uh, and you can use ranged weapon attacks or ranged blaster weapon attacks to make that opportunity attack. Uh, so typically with rules is win, you can't use a, a blaster for a AO, uh, attack of opportunity. This is going to allow you to do so and hit somebody with that's coming in within 30 feet of you. So it could be a good one just to really make sure you're getting as much damage as you can. Yeah, I've seen that used a lot within uh, games, and, and it's definitely a great feature to have. Absolutely. Uh, moving on here, next is the throwing style and mastery. Uh, so those skilled with uh, throwing weapons, uh, a weapon with the thrown property, uh, this has some good benefits for you. Uh, Tegan, tell us about that. Definitely. So one of the cool things, I've mentioned object interaction a couple times, but this one allows you to really get around that, especially if uh, your DM's a stickler for it. Uh, this is a good one to pick if you want to be like throwing knives or throwing uh, nets or whatever you're throwing. Uh, but whenever you make a ranged attack with a throwing weapon, you can immediately uh, draw a weapon on the weapon as part of that attack. Uh, so that's going to be the hard thing with those ones. If you throw both your knives, it's going to take you two object interactions or two turns to draw new knives. Uh, so this way you can just continue throwing and throwing and throwing without having to worry about that. Uh, nice thing too is whenever you make a ranged attack with a thrown weapon, you can move up to five feet without provoking opportunity attack. So you can kind of throw and get out of somewhere if you need to or throw and get a little bit closer as well. Uh, and then if you miss uh, a ranged attack with a thrown weapon, uh, you can use your bonus action to repeat that attack against a creature uh, within 15 feet and behind your initial target. So it can't be the same guy, uh, but if there's somebody within 15 feet and 
behind that guy, you can make that same attack. Uh, and that's just the style. Mastery gives you some cool things too. So with thrown weapon for the mastery, uh, attacking at long range doesn't impose disadvantage on your ranged weapon attack uh, with thrown weapons. So those ones usually have pretty short range. So this is going to get to get a little bit more out of that. Uh, also, uh, once in each of your turns, you can make a ranged weapon attack with thrown weapon uh, against a target with the weapon's normal range uh, without the aid of your proficiency bonus. No action required. Uh, so this would be a good one to get another throw in there, too, if you uh, really want to just maximize your damage. Uh, and when you hit a creature with a ranged uh, attack with the thrown weapon, uh, you'll have advantage on your next melee attack against that creature before the end of your next turn. So if you want to throw a knife at him and then run in and stab him with another knife, good way to do that with advantage. Uh, and then uh, once per turn, you can draw a weapon with a th uh, the thrown property without using your object interaction. So it's another good way to just free up your actions for those two. Very good. Uh, next up, we have a style of mastery for the Darth Mauls out there, the twin blade style and mastery. Uh, those skilled with fighting with double bladed weapons, uh, any weapon that has a double property with which you are proficient, gain the following benefits. Definitely. Uh, this is kind of a good reminder out there. I know a lot of people, when they skip to the system, can be a little confused with some of the double-bladed sabers. Uh, you, you guys uh, would need this uh, to be able to add uh, your modifier to your extra attack. Uh, and also make sure before you get the, before you get the mastery uh, that the double-bladed weapon that you're using is light if you don't have the mastery. So just a little PSA out there. I know that would confuse a lot of people, but you know, you're still it's kind of still like twin weapon fighting. So you want to make sure you're dual weapon fighting. So you want to make sure you have have these to, to be able to kind of accurately use those. Uh, but same thing with two weapon fighting. Uh, when you engage in double weapon fighting with the style, you get to add your ability modifier uh, to your uh, to, to the attack roll of uh, your double weapon fighting attack. So gives you a little bit more there. Uh, and uh, when you attempt to shove a creature, uh, instead of making a strength athletics check, you can uh, make an attack against the target's AC. Uh, if you're wielding a weapon in two hands, you'll make it with a advantage and with most twin blades uh, you'll have them in both hands so you'll get a little bit more out of that too uh, and that's just the style uh, so with the, the mastery uh, whenever you roll max damage on a weapon damage die against a creature uh, you'll be able to add a plus one bonus to the next attack so uh, gives you a little bit more uh, kind of chance to hit with that as well uh, also allow you to use uh, double weapon fighting even when the weapon you're wielding lacks light property uh, so it gives you some options there uh, as well as a uh, nice thing too, same thing with the object interaction, uh, freeze that up for you. You don't have to worry about that when taking your hand off to do something else. Uh, and before making a melee weapon attack with this mastery, you can choose to forego your proficiency bonus. Uh, if the attack hits, you can add uh, your proficiency bonus to the damage. So a little harder to hit, but gives you some more damage options too. All right, bringing us to our last style and mastery for part two is the versatile style. Uh, this will be for any builds that are skilled using weapons in different ways, uh, wielding a melee weapon with the versatile property uh, with which you're proficient, and uh, you gain the following benefits. Tegan? 
Perfect. So this one's a cool one. Uh, so this one, if you when you miss with a melee weapon attack uh, while wielding a weapon in two hands, you can use your bonus action to repeat that attack against the same target uh, using only one hand. Uh, so basically, if you're using a martial lightsaber and you've got it in both hands, that D10, you miss the attack, uh, you can make another attack using the D8 die uh, for your bonus action. Uh, Nice thing too is uh, gives you the opposite as well. So when you miss a melee weapon attack on your turn while wielding a weapon in one hand, uh, you can use your bonus action to attempt to shove or trip that creature. Uh, any modifications still apply to the same to the roll, such as disadvantage and all that. So kind of a cool one there. Uh, also allows you to uh, kind of. So the same grasping thing allows you to do so without using your object interaction. So especially with this one, you're going to be letting go and grabbing your uh, sword or whatever you're using pretty often. Uh, just makes it more feasible, so you don't have to worry about object interaction stacking on you. Uh, and that's uh, the versatile master, the style, uh, and that could be a good fit for any anybody that's going to be not wielding, using a shield, uh, but in kind of having a weapon like a, a martial saber. So a lot of the Jedi classes like Sentinel uh, or oh, it's not Sentinel, sorry, Guardian or uh, any of the ones that can use that martial saber uh, would be a good one there. Or any of those uh, kind of two-handed vibra or vibra weapons that can be used versatilely, uh, those would be good fits for it. Uh, and then you get some fun things with the mastery too. Uh, basically this one, uh, when you're the target of a melee weapon attack, you can use reaction to make an attack against that target uh, without your proficiency bonus. Uh, on a hit, the target uh, uh, will uh, have disadvantage on their attack against you. So it could be a good way to make sure you're not getting hit. Uh, also once per turn, when you make an attack roll while wielding a weapon in two hands, you can attempt to follow up the attack. So if the attack hits, the creature must make a strength saving throw, uh, and that's going to be a DC 8 plus uh, your bonus to attacks with the weapon. Uh, on a failed save, the creature is pushed back five feet, and you can uh, immediately move into the space it just vacated without provoking an opportunity attack. So it can help you push him back a little bit. Uh, and then also on the other side, if you're wielding it one-handed, uh, and uh, you make it a weapon attack with a one-handed weapon. Uh, if the target is wielding a shield and your other hand is empty, you can use your other hand to pull down the shield. No action required. Uh, so if you do so, uh, they're not going to get the AC bump from the shield. So if you're fighting somebody that's wielding that heavy shield, this can be a good way just to kind of uh, move that out of the way and make sure you get some easier chances to hit. Excellent. Again, uh, final style mastery there added to this very long list there's 24 total on each side uh, so lots and lots and lots of options out there we talked in our first episode on this subject uh, how you can gain these a lot of the classes uh, get those natively uh, and for those that don't there's other ways to pick those up uh, one last piece to this to wrap up this conversation tegan uh, of course a lot of the the features within these styles and masteries uh, it comes via bonus action so uh, th th that's something to keep in mind uh, when you're going through your build and and you know choosing some of these things uh, tell us what to keep in mind uh because there's some classes that have other features that will utilize the bonus action so you got to make sure you balance that 
For sure. That's going to be a big thing uh, for these classes. So a lot of them, like fighters, berserkers, um, like those guys, these are going to be great for you because it gives you something to do with your bonus action, where a lot of times they're going to just not be utilized. Uh, same with scouts, too. Uh, so these can be great for you guys to get a good use of your bonus action to make sure you're using your full action economy. Uh, some other classes, though, like uh, monks, operatives, um, and surely others, uh, it can all it can somewhat help and hinder you. Uh, so make sure as you're going through the you're picking things that complement your bonus actions or uh, you can use strategically, uh, like a Onslaught or Gorilla for monks and operatives. Uh, these can be great ways to be able to free up your bonus action by using your reaction to use some of those things. So it can help you out there. You just really want to make sure that you're using it the best and not giving yourself too many competing bonus actions and hopefully just synchronizing them so you can use them kind of where they fit best. Definitely, all uh, great to have that versatility um, between all those options, but definitely something to keep in mind so that you're not, uh, you know, adding a feature and then you realize, oh, well, now you're, you know, you're conflicted on what to do. So it's all about that balance. So that's been our conversation on fighting styles and masteries. Uh, wrap up that with part two here. Uh, we hope that uh, that helps go through that long list of those options as you guys build your characters with these in mind. Uh, looking forward to next episode, we are going to do a spotlight on the Guardian class. Uh, we haven't covered that one yet, but it's a fun one. I'm playing one of those in a campaign now, and it's uh, it's got a lot to it. And then, um, you know, one big piece of that is the uh, form fighting styles, the lightsaber styles. And so that's going to be a whole another episode itself as well. Looking forward to both of those getting into that. Uh, again, thank you, everyone, to all of our listeners, followers, subscribers, Patreons, everyone all of our supporters uh, we appreciate it very much uh listen to this on tuesday tonight at 6 30 p.m eastern time will be another episode of hunted campaign that tegan runs uh, that'll be on uh, my twitch channel uh, todd Moonbounce. so come uh, hang out with us as we play that and otherwise we'll uh, see you next time may the force be with you may the force be with you